All right, and we are live. What is up? And welcome back to the Give and Go Show. This is technically the first episode of our season three, I guess is what we're calling it. My name is Griffin Queen. As always, I'm joined by Matt Modi and Matt Ferentinos. And for the first time ever, you're not going to see his picture on the screen, but he is here. We're joined by soon-to-be super producer. Uh, right now, I would say average at best producer, but you're working on that. <laughs> Elliot Shiatani. Uh, if you have interacted with us on Twitter or on any form of social media or in the comments on a YouTube video, you have likely seen comments from Elliot. He's a personal friend of ours. Uh, very thankful that he's coming to help us out with the Give and Go show as we move into this next season. Very thankful that he is dedicating time to this and really excited to see where this is going to go for the next season. Um, if you are tuned in right now, whether you're watching us live or you're watching a recording of it, the show is going to be live going forward. We're going to be live every Wednesday night at 8.30 p.m. Eastern, 5.30 p.m. Pacific. Uh, so make sure you're setting reminders for yourself to tune in so that you can be here every single week. Give us your comments. Give us your questions. Maybe dog on us for some of our takes in the chat. Um, we've got a lot that we want to talk about today. You know, obviously we're in between seasons. We are deep in the off season right now. It's a little bit of a dead time, uh, in NBA and basketball news. Although we do have FIBA coming up, but we're going to talk about summer league a bit. We're going to talk about some takeaways from summer league. We are going to talk about, uh, some of the big trade buzz that's happening in the NBA right now. And if we have a little bit of time at the end of the show, uh, we're going to talk about a potential, uh, Evan Mobley versus Paolo Bancaro uh, discussion. Whether or not we have time, that's going to kind of be determined on how this goes. We might have to save it for next episode, but if you're tuning in at some point, we are going to talk about Bancaro versus Mobley. Kind of a weird thing that we want to do, but I think I think there's two sides of this. Uh, Modi, Ferentinos, thanks for being here. Good to have you back. Modi, what have we been up to? Not much. Uh, a lot of not much, actually. I, that was well done. A nice two-minute ramble about everything about the Give and Go show. I thought that was well done. <laughs> I wish I had a more exciting life to update. I don't, so I'm just happy to be here. Life is good. Uh, I've been golfing in lieu of basketball because it's too freaking hot to get outside. Um, spent golf a lot of money is, on a new club. Is golf not awesome. outside? Golf is outside, but there's virtual golf inside. That's okay, also got awesome. it. Okay. <laughs> I was going to say, golf is, like, golf is like definitive outside yeah. because there's no shade at any point. I mean, you got top golf, five iron, you know, simulator golf sure. is definitely okay. here, here to stay. Um, but I was also just reading NBA stuff. We could also mention at the end of the episode the in-season tournament. I mean, I feel like that's, that's kind of huge, right? And the Jalen Brown extension. Yeah, that's true. We did just have on. the Jalen Brown extension uh, right before we jump into that. I don't remember the last time we recorded an episode, so I don't know if we had officially announced Modi that you had moved over to a freelance capacity and you're writing for all these different places. Are there any places you're writing for or doing videos for or anything like that that you want to kind of I don't want to say pimp out because I feel like that term is no longer acceptable, <laughs> but uh, gotta, promote a little bit. Um, yeah, you want to no, plug it a little just... bit? Just, I just, if anybody's watching this, that's not already, I, I just tell people to follow me on Twitter. Uh, you'll find everything, everything there. I have a link tree. That's the, like the link for my Twitter that has a link to everything that I do. So just, if you want to just go ahead and check me out on Twitter at Jedi mode. I guess I should say that. Is yeah. it X now? It's a fair point. Uh, X going to give it to you. <laughs> I guess I should have said. <laughs> um, oh, terrible yeah. idea, Elon. <laughs> Yeah. I'm not normally a fan of dead naming, but in this instance, I'm going to continue to call it Twitter. I just, I can't, I'm not going to stop myself. I refuse to call it X and we can move on from there. Um, like I said, we're going to talk about summer league a little bit. And part of that is going to be a little bit of my recap from when I was there because I was in fact in summer league in Las Vegas this year, my first time ever. Uh, and then we're going to talk about some of our takeaways from summer league, uh, some players that we want to watch some uh, different takes that we have on them and, and teams going forward. Um, I'm not going to spend that much time talking about Summer League. If you've been to Vegas before, it's just a yeah. Vegas experience. My you know, it's, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, I, I'll say, I'll say from the jump, it's not my favorite town in the world. Um, I had been there one time prior to the beginning of this month when I went for Summer League. It was like six years ago. Did the casinos, uh, did the, the expensive restaurants. I was going to say, you James Harden. He's going to <laughs> Vegas every weekend. 
I think James Harden and I probably get different reactions when we're in Las Vegas. I think I probably get a little bit more attention than he does. Um, <laughs> just not my favorite city. It's an adult amusement park. I don't love it. I, I'm not going to dog on it. I know it's for a lot of people, but there's just too many people, and it's it was 110 degrees. That part wasn't ideal. Did some pool parties. Uh, did one of the pool parties for the UFC event. So there were a ton of people that went from Summer League to the pool party for the UFC event. So you're actually seeing some of the people at games that you're then seeing getting just absolutely obliterated later in the evening. Summer League itself, however, was incredible. Um, it's really, really cool to be there and be around people that genuinely want to watch uh, kind of bad basketball. Like, it's not, not like you're not going to a of. Summer League game. <laughs> bad basketball. Yeah. 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 Let's, let's call it what it is. It's a bunch of dudes who are trying to make the roster or a bunch of 19-year-olds who are recently drafted guys who still don't know how to play in the NBA. Um, but it's really fun watching them. You get really invested in games. There was a Wizards-Celtics game on the smaller of the two courts, which is basically like a high school gymnasium. Um, and we were really up close for it. And we were the loudest people, my friends and I, in the entire, uh, I'll say arena, but again, gymnasium. Uh, and and the Wizards had a really great come from behind victory. And I don't think I've been as excited for Wizards basketball in maybe five years. Like that was honestly the best Wizards game I've been to since John Wall was leading us to the playoffs. I mean, people are saying that's the biggest Wizards victory since John Wall game six against the Celtics. People have been saying that. It very well might be. Like, I'm not going to rule it out. There's not a whole lot to get behind the past five years of Wizards basketball. Um, but, you know, all in all, I would definitely recommend Summer League. I think I'm going to try and do it again uh, sometime in the next couple of years, maybe even next year. Although I'm not going to go for four days again. I'm just going to do like a two-day, 48-hour thing. Four days in Vegas is too many days in Vegas. Uh, one day in Vegas might be too many days in Vegas, but hopefully the give and go show can be out there next year as a, uh, as a squad, as a group, as a, uh, a band of miscreants perhaps. And, uh, we'll have, we'll have a good time. Probably be Question. credentialed at that point. That'd be sick. Yeah, <laughs> I would, I would, I would really enjoy that. Get I, would cool really enjoy pass. I mean, I could just carry around one of these things, be like, Hey, VIP, let cool. me get in. <laughs> I really um, like that your your uh, background actually like blurred that for you just because of the way that's that it's, pretty like, sweet. Set up. <laughs> yeah, see, it feels very much like you're in the CIA right now. Well, so I, you I seem definitely a little bit like the Fed. I want to get a room going with some posters and some more like basketball stuff going on in the background. So for the meantime, I'll have a blurry background. But uh, I was curious, did you happen to see uh, Wemby there? Because I would love to know what it's like. For you to experience what it's like for me to look up at somebody as tall as you i feel like that's like one of the only people you can do it with <laughs> sure so i was i was not at any point close to him like i watched um well Brittany knows what happens if you get too close <laughs> yeah yeah she does and, i mean granted Brittany's like five two i'm like six five i think he'd be a little if i came up to him he'd be like oh it's a teammate no not a teammate the least athletic man you've ever met um I don't remember which game I saw from him on Sunday, but it was it was during the same time as the Celtics Wizards game. So I went directly from Celtics Wizards to Spurs, might have been Blazers, um, and I caught all of the third and all of the fourth. And so I was like all the way up in the nosebleeds for that. I didn't have like a good view of him. That was the game that he was like particularly dominant in. You know, he was like crushing it on both ends of the court. Yeah. Spurs ended up losing the game, but not through any fault of his own, mostly due to how their uh, roster is made up. I was, however, when I was leaving the Wizards-Celtics game, uh, I was, you know, maybe two feet away from Daniel Gafford. And I think Gafford might be a genuine seven-footer. If not, he's like a strong 6'11". Uh, and I was, you know, trying to dab him up and saying, what up, Gaff, and all that stuff, and, and telling him that I wanted to see a triple-double with blocks this year from him, which we, you know, probably will not get. Uh, and that's a gigantic human being. Like, I've been near NBA players before. I've never been next to a genuine seven-footer. He makes me look like a child. Like, we, we're a different species entirely. He is a better species of person than I could even dream of being. Uh, Elliot's telling us in the chat that Gafford's listed at 6'10". 6'10", yeah. with shoes on, though. I was say, with shoes. Seven equals seven yeah. feet. Or yeah. I'm about 6'6", six, six with shoes on. There's a good gap there. Well, maybe it's one of those things like Dean Smith, when he coached UNC, never wanted to have a player listed as seven feet tall. So they would always have someone at seven feet just list them as like 6'10 or 6'11. So maybe they're doing the same thing with Gafford. 
Well, that was uh, Kevin Garnett's thing, too. Kevin Garnett always referred to himself as 6'13", because <laughs> he said that if he got listed at 7 foot, he was going to have to play center, and he didn't want to play center. He wanted to be a power forward. I think KD may have had said similar things, but I don't think KD's as tall as, as Garnett is. But, I mean, okay. yeah, that was the thing. Like, if you were a stretch five before stretch fives existed, you said that you were an inch or two shorter than you actually were. Yeah, it must you be, be Kevin thing. It's Kevin Durant also. must be a like Kevin said. thing. Yeah, I yeah. bet I would be willing to bet Kevin McHale probably <laughs> did it too. Probably, especially because he was, he was a- another dude who wanted to play it forward, and they would often put him out there at center which is why that dude had a lot of really grievous injuries. It sounds like uh, Anthony Davis should have done that. Because didn't Anthony, Anthony Davis, Davis want to play center. Yeah, he's, he never wants yeah. to play center. <laughs> uh, Elliot, another uh, great addition in the chat said Kevin Love, too. I completely forgot Kevin Love existed. I don't think Kevin Love is a seven-footer. I actually yeah, think Kevin Love think might is. be shorter than LeBron. Uh, but he's still a pretty big dude. He was thick bodied too in uh, Minnesota. <laughs> yeah, he was. Minnesota Kevin Love played like a seven footer, but he wasn't seven feet tall. <laughs> Google says he's six eight. And I feel like you can add a couple inches, probably not four. As we all know, you yeah. can't add four inches. Four inches is a big deal. But speaking I did, of Garnett, I, when, too, he was on, when he was on the Wolves, I did think Kevin Love was a seven footer because he did play like one. And then he went to the Cavs and became a stretch. And there was dudes who were like dwarfing him on the court. Like, Kevin Love is closer to me in height than he is to seven feet, which now that I say that is very weird. I feel like he would put up like 20, 20 games a lot or like 30, 20 games, like absurd stat lines, like 20 rebounds. And so like, yeah, like just from an outside observer, I would have thought that he was at least seven footer around there too. Just an incredible, incredible, good player, bad team example. (laughs) Uh, Kevin Love, thank God he got a title because people would have remembered him terribly if he didn't. You guys want to talk about uh, players to watch post summer league? Let's yeah, is that all the takes you had for your experience? At yeah, summer league? I would just say I'd recommend going. Look, if you're a basketball fan, go to summer league. Give it a shot. Um, I know Ferentinos. Before we got going, you'd actually mentioned the midseason tournament that's going to be coming up. That's going to be mm-hmm. in Vegas as well. I imagine that's probably going to be a very different vibe because it's going to be way more expensive. It's probably going to be a lot more like celebrities. Um, it's, it's going to be during a cooler point in Vegas. Cause I think it's in December. Mm-hmm. So there's going to be a lot more people willing to go to, to Vegas in December than there are in the beginning of July. Um, but you know, if you can deal with, with the Vegas, just vibe, go to summer league, give it a shot. It's, it's a really good time. And, uh, I'm, I'm hoping to be back sometime soon. Well, so I feel like also I've noticed just watching the games, like, the basketball might not be as clean, but the effort is there. How many like insane dunks were you in there for when that happened? Like, I feel like people would go nuts. Like, I mean, just watching the highlights, I was like, these people are going hard. Like, uh, Sharp from Portland had some crazy dunks. Max Christie had a ridiculous putback for the Lakers. Like, there are some people making plays. Yeah, Max Max Christie. I think he's going to start earning some minutes this year. I'm not going to talk <laughs> about him very much this episode, but I love that dude. Like little mini Kobe Bryant. Um, yeah, no, you do get to see a lot of really great dunks. You get to see some really cool blocks. There's this weird effort level where on offense, everyone's going hard as hell. And then on defense, it's kind of like preseason where they're not playing quite as hard because no one wants to get hurt and miss out on like, cause so many of these guys are potential two way contract guys. So no one wants to like blow an ACL or tear their shoulder or get a concussion or whatever it might be. But like, the, like I said, like like you said, the quality of basketball is not great, but the individual performances are really enjoyable to watch. Mm-hmm. You get to see guys go for 25, 30. Um, there's a couple guys that we're going to talk about coming up that had like 35, 10, and 6 and stuff like that. Like if, if you're a talented player, I think Shaden Sharp killed it in, in Summer League. Um, there's somebody that else. One that guy played for the Rockets, Griffin, who you had mentioned. Uh, Jabari Smith. 30 and yeah. 10. <laughs> Thinking, yeah, uh, yeah, right. <laughs> a guy who had good NBA experience going into it mm. basically went to summer league, put his dick on the table, and was like, I'm too good for this. Which is uh, what you he hope. Only played two games and he averaged like 35 and a half points. The guy was incredible. Keegan Murray didn't Keegan Murray do that too? Yeah, he also yeah. Just, played, I think he, he might played have one had game and was like, I'm way too good for this. Well, let's it's just also, go right it's, into it's, it, right, a, boys? it's a really good example of one year of NBA experience is a massive, even. Like, even if you're talking late first round guys who were drafted last year versus lotto picks who were drafted this year, 
like they're a completely different breed of player because you just get so much better just through one year of playing in the NBA, even if you're not touching the court, because it's all you do. You don't go yeah. to class. You don't have another job. You're not at the point where you have massive sponsorship deals or things like that. Like you just work. You're just hooping. Yeah. Say we saw Cam Thomas in the NBA. He'd probably put up like 70 points in the summer league. And like he's, he did good in the he NBA. Still lose he nuts, would still like, lose those games though. Oh let's, yeah. Let's call it what it is. If Cam <laughs> Thomas is putting up 70, you're losing by 40. Yeah, Wasn't he the co-MVP like two years ago? Cam Thomas? I think he was. Yeah. He might For last year. Yeah. One of the years. It was last year. I think was his first year in the summer league. Yeah. Um, and yeah, like he he had some insane games, but I mean, it just shows like you hope guys that have NBA experience just dominate in summer league, and then anyone else, it's like you know if you're working on a jump shot, let's see the jump shot. Like this would be the Ben Simmons shoot threes game, which he probably should have been playing for the Nets to be honest. <laughs> well, hey, Ben Simmons is getting healthy. Oh uh, yeah, don't want to get him injured before he gets uh, healthy. Yeah, I don't remember what team he played for. Might have been the Bulls, but Jabari Parker was there playing. Jabari Parker's really? been in the NBA for eight years. He was at Summer League? I don't know if Jabari Parker touched the court or not, but he was on a Summer League roster. Like, he was there that. with the idea that he would play. And that dude legitimately has spent almost a decade in the NBA. Kendall Marshall, like six years into his career, was playing for the Sixers. He was like their starting Summer League point guard. Yeah. I mean, look, there's some dudes who come out of, like, Wisconsin and Minnesota who have been playing college basketball for 11 years and are 31 years old, and they'll play their first summer league games, and they're beating up on 19-year-olds. Yeah. So you, you see all types. All right. Any any uh, you want to uh, do some takeaways? I was going to say any Wisconsin or Minnesota guy that is our uh, three players to watch from summer league? Not for me. Never. Never <laughs> me. I am fully out on Wisconsin guys. Frank Kaminsky sucks. Uh, <laughs> Sam Decker. Wizards, whose name I'm going to blank on, sucks. Oh. Sam Decker sucks. Johnny Davis. <laughs> Johnny Davis sucked. No, honestly, Johnny Davis did play well. I'm going to give him this. He played well in summer league. Like, the defensive intensity is great. I just don't think he's an athlete to the level he needs to be to compete in the NBA. And I hate saying that because he was a top 10 pick by my favorite team. But <laughs> he just – he doesn't have it. That's one takeaway for me. He's not – he's not <laughs> he going to be an NBA Johnny Davis doesn't have it. Just take a fortune and he's done. I don't think he's. I don't think he's gonna. And and look, make sure we time this stamp one this. Out. Uh, yeah, let's timestamp this <laughs> one. At the end of this season, Johnny Davis is averaging like twenty-two and seven or something like that. You guys can make fun of me and my like Mickey Mouse ears that are going on right here. <laughs> Just like the Lakers championship. Just like the Lakers <laughs> most recent championship. Yeah, that's that that's good. exactly why I'm doing this. That's. <laughs> Yeah, all right you guys let's solid. let's move on let's 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 talk about some takeaways let's talk about some players we're interested in uh, yeah Modi, this was uh your idea so i'm gonna let you lead this one off sure so this is kind of low-hanging fruit this one's obvious but the player i'm excited to watch post summer league cam whitmore for the rock houston rockets the summer league MVP. mvp um i was like before summer league i mean this was a huge story so i'm not the only one that's saying this but just shocked at how far he fell uh, and it does pain me to, to think like, to, I guess, Daryl was trying to trade up during that fall, but obviously there was no, uh, as he's flying in the draft, obviously there's no dice. Um, obviously also he looked great being summer league MVP. And I just think in general, the Rockets are going to be interesting because they have like seven young guys that need playing time in order to develop. But then they also signed uh, Van Vliet and our favorite player, Dylan Brooks, <laughs> because they, I think they, what they, their top four protected pick goes to Oklahoma city. So they're not trying to tank this year. Um, so it's just going to be interesting, like the 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 give and take between like the rookies, like Cam Whitmore and the younger players that need playing time. But then also like, hey, we're, we're also trying to establish some sort of winning culture with Ime Udoka. And then obviously, like I said, the two signings. So again, it was low hanging fruit. I think we all probably had, if, if it wasn't so obvious, we were all probably thinking Cam Whitmore, but I'll just, I'll go ahead and take the bait. Well, who's the Thompson brother that they drafted first? Um, amen. Amen Thompson. Yeah. Amen. It's like I'm in, and then a sir raider. A sir, yeah. Uh, sir is on uh... Detroit. It's Detroit. 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 You're right. right. Yeah. Yeah. You're right. Yeah, yeah, Those yeah. are going to be fun. I mean, they they both looked really good. I mean, I saw the a sir play on Detroit when he had the steal and that reverse dunk looks sick. Um, and I think the Thompson twins both have bright futures. But it's crazy that the Rockets got you know Cam Whitmore, the guy they wanted first. With, was it the 19th pick? I 19th think? pick. Yeah. yeah. 19 or 20. Yeah. That's, that's pretty nuts. 
Yeah, I mean, look, it's oh, uh, Elliot's saying twenty, so pew pew me. Oh, um, I, th- I thought I thought <laughs> feeling pretty good, feeling pretty great. I just guessed that it was twenty. I did think it was nineteen as well. Um, I mean, look, good pick. Not on my list purely for the reason that you said, because we all were going to suggest Cam Whitmore. Uh, I think basically everyone around the NBA was. I think we were predicting a drop. We were not predicting a drop outside of the lottery, especially not to somewhere like not to 20. I was thinking this guy was going to be, you know, 10, 11, 12, whereas he was projected at six, seven, eight. But there were character concerns. There are, I guess, some injury concerns. Mm. There are concerns on whether he can actually play winning basketball. And Summer League is not going to answer that question. But he clearly took that to heart in how he played in summer league and he went out there and he was like i'm i'm better than you and I, least, I should have been a higher draft pick he at least has nba skills it, it, to be determined yeah. whether that like you said will translate to actual winning for a team that's i mean they're not going to be good but they're actually going to be trying to win so but yeah yeah bless you thank you <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah i mean look if if the rockets the rockets need to be like a 30 win team this year let's 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 just acknowledge that other, because otherwise they're going to have a bad pick and it's going to go to OKC and, and that's yeah. not what they want. He could be a big part of them getting over that 30, 31, 32, 33 hump. He could also be a detriment to the team because there's so many guys on that roster that kind of do the same thing. It's a lot of score first dudes who are all going to be really great complementary pieces on other teams. But the question is, how are they going to make it work on a Rockets team where you've got seven to eight like bona fide scorers and only one ball to go around. And this is not like a Kevin Durant, James Harden, Kyrie Irving situation where these guys have 12 years of NBA experience and they've all been MVP candidates or MVP winners by the time they're teaming up. Like this is 20, 21, 22-year-olds who are trying to get max contracts. I think we're going to talk about this a lot when it comes to the Rockets over the next couple of years. And we might talk about it a little bit when it comes to the Thunder as well. There's going to be some growing pains as they figure out, you know, who are the actual pieces for the future. Cam Whitmore very well could be one of them, particularly because he's going to be on a lower contract than their lotto picks are. But I could also see him being moved since he's on a cheap deal sometime in the next few years. Yeah, he could be like the prize of a consolidation trade. If they're like, you know, going yep. in for a superstar, he could be like the Mikhail Bridges. Yep, Absolutely. I was going to say, Modi, I would be uh, more inclined to trade Harden's fat ass over to Houston and get some of those players. <laughs> I feel like it, it would develop well in Philly. He tried for six months to leak that he was going to go to Houston, but it turns out they didn't want him. <laughs> I mean, uh, uh, a ninth, ninth bona fide scorer that they don't need. Although, I mean, he would set guys up, but he would he would definitely uh, – I don't know, would he hurt their development? Do you think Harden would hurt the development of the Young Rockets, or do you think he'd help I think I like think spacing it, or you go ahead, go ahead. Well, no, I think it depends what he wants to do. Like he apparently was frustrated that he took a backseat to Embiid this past year, even though he's an incredible distributor. So if he wants to play like pardon ball where it's just five out and he just does whatever he wants, then that's, hor- that's horrible for your development. That's the whole problem with Russell Westbrook and all his teammates in Oklahoma city that they like Oladipo was horrible. And then he got out of Oklahoma city and then he was good. Um, so it just depends on what, what Harden wants. Sure. And what Harden wants is always a uh, big question. Tarantino's your thoughts? I was just going to say, yeah. I mean, like, if you want players to develop ball skills, like, I feel like having such a ball-dominant point guard wouldn't be the best. Maybe, like, flowing in an offense and spacing and where to be would definitely help. Because, I mean, I don't want to – I mean, Bruce Brown, just I've talked about it many times on this podcast, those nets when, like, Katie and Kyrie were hurt when Harden was leading the team. They were fun to watch with the Harden-Bruce Brown, um, Joe Harris thing that they had. Like, that was that was fun to watch. Um but I mean, if we're ready, I'm ready to throw out my rookie before it gets Go for taken. It. I thought it would be the first pick, but uh, Keontae George from the Jazz. He's on my list. He's on my list. Yeah, he looked really good. Uh, was kind of a surprise pick because their first pick, I think the number eighth pick, didn't play because of injuries. Um, but he averaged 21 points a game, six assists, had really good efficiencies, 52% field goal percentage with 44% from three. Um, definitely looked more polished than he did at Baylor. He's got a silky smooth jump shot and I will give credit. I was watching a YouTube video from this guy, Jim Arrange, who did like a breakdown on a lot of the NBA rookies and stuff. And it brought to my attention that like, not only is Keontae George really good, just a pick. Like, I feel like 
the Jazz hit on a lot of their rookie picks. They got Walker Kessler last year. He looks like a great rim protector. And they still have, like, four more first-round picks that they're going to get for Rudy Gobert. So, like, they're already maybe going to be better than the Timberwolves by just being the Jazz, <laughs> picking, being really good. And, like, Gobert freaking sucks, and it's hilarious. Um, Walker, Walker Kessler being the, uh, like – we have Rudy Gobert now. We have Rudy Gobert at home, and, and Walker <laughs> Kessler is basically that guy. They <laughs> traded him, and they got potentially gonna... a dude who could be a better version of him. That's what I was going to say. Technically, he was a Minnesota Timberwolves draft pick. He just was traded yeah. over to the Jazz. Um, yeah, yeah, it's tough. I mean, that Timberwolves trade was rightly roasted at the time, and history has <laughs> been correct. Not by all of us. Roasted. Not not everyone roasted it. Some of us, <laughs> some of us were like, "This could work." Uh, and honestly, I'm gonna I'm, I'm telling on myself. Obviously, I'm talking about myself here. <laughs> I went back through some of the reactions to the Timberwolves trade, and I also went back to what Vegas had their over under at. I'm not the only dude who thought the Timberwolves were going to be fucking nasty this past. We were year. all Vegas on their had them at like 52 and a half wins. We were all on their over. I I was like, this is going to be a disaster in the playoffs. And it turns out it was just a disaster. Sure. End of end of <laughs> sentence. <laughs> I think I th so. I will say I think. If Carl Anthony Towns had been healthy, we probably would have seen a team that was closer to 50 wins because he came back and they were actually like a pretty good team. They were not a playoff contender by any means, but he came back and they had a, a above 500 record. But during that period where he was gone, like they just I mean, that's a lot of money to be missing to just have 40 million dollars that doesn't exist anymore on your roster and like your stretch five. And you get all the stats about rules. <laughs> No one wants to pass to Gobert. Like Anthony Edwards yeah. doesn't pass to him on pick and rolls. Nobody does. Like it's, it's just you know. Shout out to Jared. Um. <laughs> shout out to Jared. Oh, I'm so sad for him that that's his team. Uh, but we don't need to talk about the Timberwolves. We hopefully won't talk about them very much this year. Although maybe who knows? Maybe they'll maybe they'll get it together. I don't Cafe know. Georgia, the Jazz dog finishes yeah. around the rim like insanely smooth jump shot. Um, you could just tell he has a bag and like has a lot of NBA ready moves and would definitely earn minutes. Um, that's the thing with summer league too, is you have to be like, who's already on the roster, who are they going to be their rotational pieces regularly in the NBA. Um, and right now they're in a rebuild. So I think he will get a chance to, to shine, um, in the regular season. Yeah. My notes, um, I say he's going to get a ton of playing time for the jazz and I like his game. He seems to be a smooth criminal and he can shoot. Um, to me, he's like one of those guys who, unless you follow summer league, you probably don't know who he is. And he's going to be one of those rookies where you're like, holy crap, this guy's good. Like Malcolm Brogdon, nobody knew. I guess he was really, he was popular in college because he played for four years and was good at UVA, but nobody expected him to carve out anything in the NBA. Then like, as a rookie, you're like, holy crap, this guy's good. Um, and I'm just a sucker for players that like their whole, like he's not super athletic. He's like got NBA athleticism, but he's not like, you know, like a Zion or a uh, Giannis, obviously. But I love players who their game is like herky jerky and they just get the defenders off balance. It's why I love Jalen Brunson so much. Like obviously they're different players, but Jalen Brunson, Brunson just does this weird stuff with these weird, weird footwork. And he's not big or athletic, but he just gets by dudes and he finishes. Um, and that's what I kind of see in, in Keontae George. And he's got a silky smooth jumper, as you said. Uh, so yeah, I mean, I'm with you. Great pick. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, I more than anything, more than a jumper, more than his offensive bag. And I guess this kind of counts as part of his offensive bag. I really love his handle. He was taking guys off the dribble. He was moving around guys. He's got a lot of really herky jerky moves. Um, I think he's going to break a lot of ankles, particularly in the next couple of years as guys are not really familiar with his game. Uh, and I think the NBA is so much better when dudes are getting their ankles broken regularly. Which we don't see a lot of anymore now that everybody kind of lives on the three-point range. Like, you're not seeing guys getting dropped in the mid-range anymore. So, uh, I want to see some some dudes with good mid-range jump shots that are just hurting dudes again. The guy who signed the richest contract in NBA history doesn't have a left hand, so it's pretty nuts. Yeah. <laughs> doesn't have a left hand, can't pass, got a really bad assist-to-turnover ratio. We could talk about him a little bit when we're done with some of this stuff. But uh, I think... It's pretty obvious all of us are kind of down on the Jalen Brown money. <laughs> uh, to stick with dudes who have really fun handles and offensive bags, uh, this is not necessarily my number one guy I'm most excited for, but the first guy that came to mind when I was doing this was Amani Bates. Uh, mm -hmm. There's a lot Cleveland. Of... Yeah, there you go, Cleveland right there. 
there were a lot of complaints about him coming out of college. You know, he was not the guy that he was rumored to be coming out of high school. He was the number one prospect coming out of high school. He is six, eight, I think. And he's only like 170, 180 pounds. So yeah. there's a lot of issues with his frame. He's smaller than Brandon Ingram was smaller than Kevin Durant was. He had a John Moran problem smaller. a little bit. <laughs> he had the John Moran problem a little bit. If that's what we want to call it. I think he might be smaller than bones Highland. Like, He's really, really lean for his height. Uh, and so, like, the big thing is going to be can he put weight on? But he looked really good in in summer league. He averaged 17 points per game. I think he's going to be a genuine contributor to a Cavs team that struggled to find offense from their bench um, this past year, and that was one of the big knocks on them. And, and part of the reason they struggled in the playoffs, they just didn't have anybody on their bench that could score. And so when their starters weren't getting it done – it just didn't get done. Uh, I did do a, a good and bad for all of these guys because <laughs> I do have, you know, cons- obviously like there's concerns about Amani Bates. There's mm-hmm. a reason why he fell to the second round. It's not just character. It's not just body. It's not just style. It's all of those things combined. He's not a good passer. He's not a willing passer. He does not know how to pass throughout his entire entire college career. He averaged just over one assist per game. And in the Mid-Atlantic Conference, he had the highest usage rate in college basketball. Those two things don't go together well. Like, if your usage rate is that absurd, and he had the ball, like, literally 32% of the time, if your usage rate is that, that's a James Harden usage rate. That's that's a LeBron James usage rate. Oh, man, 65 career eight. assists in college. <laughs> That's so That's bad. Yeah, it's really bad. Two years. He was he he played two years in college. Like like granted, look, he's 19 years old. He's young coming out of college. That's not good. But if they want him to be like a Jordan Clarkson, a Jamal Crawford, a Lou Will, a guy off the bench who puts on a little bit of weight and is just like, go get me 15 points when you're up against bench units, I think Amani Bates is gonna thrive. It's you just can't have him in the starting rotation because he's going to stop the ball and he's going to want the ball too much and he's going to fuck up team chemistry. Yeah, it's not a bad pick. He's fun. He jumped off the screen for me when I was watching the championship game. Like, he definitely made plays for the Cavs. I was like, who is this guy? And, like, he was shooting really well from three. I mean, the effort was there. And I know he has, like, a lot of defensive concerns as well, but – I think just having the frame that he has, if he has the aggression and can just give them bench minutes, that'd be good. Yeah, I mean, I get, I see the talent. I'm shorting him in his career, to be honest with you. I just don't have faith in the guy. Like, the JV, and that's not the team to go to for the type of player that he is. Like, the, the Cavs are not going to be patient with him to lead a bench unit. Like, maybe in, like, five years he could become, like, a Jamal Crawford, Lou Will, but that's not going to happen with this year on the Cavs. And JV Bickerstaff is, like, he's just not – it's just not going to fly. And they signed – Niang and Struess specifically to fill the wing shooting role that was horrible for them last year. So, I mean, I, I doubt this guy's even going to get playing time. So I get the talent, but I, if I was making a prediction, I would be shorting his, which is not a hot takes. He's a second round pick. So it's not like, yeah, this, this second round pick's not going to be good, but that, but yeah, that's kind of well, how he I doesn't, think. he doesn't cost them anything. My big hope is he doesn't have too much pride to deny going down to their G league team. Uh, and he honestly tries to become a floor. Like, he, he needs to develop that skill if he wants to be an NBA player. Everyone knows he can score. We know he can't defend. That's probably not going to change. He just doesn't have the physical gifts for it. But he can become a passer. Like, he can figure it out. Maybe. Well, just to stick maybe, on the cast, maybe. though. Granted, we've said that about a million guys. It's it, the idea of him can figure it out. Yeah, yeah. I don't know if we were talking about Snake in this or not. Well, I guess Griffin would have another pick, but just another guy that since we're already talking about Cleveland and shooting, Sam Merrill was like, that dude is just jacking up threes, and he looked like Jimmer Fredette when he was playing at college. So that's like, almost- Jimmer getting a lot of burn this episode. We about <laughs> channel with Jimmer. Uh, Maybe that's why. Getting- but he averaged God, 20 points per game, 44% from three on 11 attempts per game, and literally all he was doing is just like, running off screens, catching the ball and shooting, which is something that the Cavs definitely were doing in their off season, trying to attract guys like that. I think they signed him to a two year deal after signing him to like a 10 day contract last year. So they clearly want this guy on the roster. He's put in the work with his jump shot. So that could be another guy that we see like coming off the bench early in the season for the Cavs. Like who's that guy running around making threes? Cause him Bates, like, 
the Cavs had a lot of guys that were on their summer league team that looked pretty dominant. Um, and they were Isaiah Mobley, right? Yeah, uh, Evan Mobley's brother, who brother, was like, yeah, crazy. He had a game winner. He got anything yeah. he wanted in the paint. Like I was like, Mobley, why is Evan Mobley playing in summer league? It's <laughs> like he was dominating in the NBA. And I found out today. I learned, or yesterday, I learned that he had a brother. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Summer League's wild. Like, some of these players just dominate Summer League, and then you're like, how are you not a, a NBA player? And then you realize, like, oh, it's it's why players that dominate the G League aren't NBA players. Yeah. It's uh, it's funny that, that your value in him is that he was just jacking threes. And I'm not saying there isn't value in that because we've seen it work for a lot of guys. The uh, Lakers had a guy that they were carrying on their Summer League team and their two-way contracts, Cole Swider, mm-hmm. who literally all he can do is jack threes. Bad defender. Bad distributor, bad ball hand. Can't do anything else. Jack's threes. And they cut him today uh, from, like, their final roster spot because there's, like, just more value in guys that can do all-around things because it's not like you're going to play a guy like that next to LeBron. You're going to play a dude who can score in other facets next to LeBron because mm-hmm. you're not going to give that amount of pressure to a, a 22-year-old, you know, four-year college guy. But, but, I mean, how many players have made a career literally just from running around and shooting? Like Kyle Korver, J.J. Redick. Um, so many, no, I'm kidding. Well, yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah, <laughs> um, Clay Thompson to the less, 100th Less and less, though, every year. Clay Thompson was an all-NBA level defender, though. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that's like, true. He was but, the best wing defender in the league for a few. But, like, weeks. Max Struess just got paid, what, $80 million? Literally because he can run around and shoot. Yeah. Like, that, that, I think, yeah. is becoming so underrated, especially – like if you're like a deep shooter, like that's why Eric Gordon was so valuable for the Rockets because he would shoot a ton and he would shoot from like not just the three point line, like behind it, the four point line is what what the like the coaches call it. Um, mm. Yeah, I mean it's a valuable skill. I mean, the, r- literally running off screens and shooting is can be very valuable. Can be very valuable. Well, there was a uh, uh, NBA thread I think on the NBA discussion subreddit uh, like a few days ago. There was like what what's going to be the next like Moneyball esque uh development in basketball basketball. and a lot of people had a lot of ideas but one person was like it's going to be the return of specialists like you're going to have everyone thinks that everything is going to be like six eight six ten uh long lengthy boys that can do a little bit of everything but we saw that this past year with the raptors and it doesn't work so maybe you're going to get a return to a bunch of guys that just shoot maybe you're going to get a return to guys like tyus jones who are genuine like pure point guards um, maybe you'll start seeing guys like it, it, it's not necessarily going to be everyone has to look like Pascal Siakam or Giannis in order to be on an NBA roster. I think you need to be an incredible shooter to make that work, and you need to be able to do that stuff where you're running off screens for you know 35 to 40 minutes a game. But there's definitely value in it if you can make it work. It's just you've got a long road ahead of you if 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 that's your 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 game plan. Yeah, I was going to say something, but I, I forgot. So if it's valuable, it'll, it'll come back to me. Um, you guys ready for technically this will be my third one? Yeah. So That's really, really hot take here. I'm excited to see Chet Holmgren. I know I'm probably the only one that is going to have Chet on his list. But that guy, he's going to be really, really good. Like if Oklahoma, Oklahoma City wins 45, 47 games this year, I would not be surprised. He's already going to be a top, I don't know, five defensive center just because he put on weight. In the offseason, he didn't play basketball, so he was, had the ability to do that. He he knows exactly where to be uh, in terms of just, like, positioning at center, which is the most important thing, and he can move his feet. Um, like, there's no reason why DeAndre Ayton isn't a better defender, except for he just mentally doesn't know where to be, and he fouls too much. Like, that's not an issue with Chet. And then offensively, he could just do so many things. Like, he can run a pick and roll with him. He could be the ball handler if you want to do, like, an inverted pick and roll. He's just so versatile. And, like, him and um, – Thank you, Elliot. It was Elliot's pick. Thank you. That's good. Um, <laughs> him, and, him and SGA are going to be so much fun to watch. And yeah. I just hope you hope that he plays enough because obviously they're going to be super um, and they should be like super careful with him coming off the foot injury. Because uh, I know I think was it not the same injury that Embiid had that he ended up rebreaking? I, I know that he reached out to Embiid or what, somehow they talked about the foot. It was injury. a foot break, right? I thought. Yeah. Embiid broke his navicular bone when he missed the first two years and then it didn't heal properly. So he got a second surgery. Obviously Chet, it's not gonna have the second one. Um, but regardless, like they're going to be careful with him and he's still, he's still skinny. Like he, he still obviously needs to bulk up a little bit, but just the, the amount of stuff that he can do 
he's automatically going to be a plus defender just from being on the court. And I think he can do so much stuff on offense that Oklahoma City's already going to be a fun team, but he just adds to that element. Like between him, SGA, and Josh Giddy, just a lot of running around fun dudes doing stuff. Just like the Give and Go podcast or the Give and Go show. A lot of dudes just a, running around doing fun A stuff. lot of people have been calling <laughs> us the Oklahoma City trio of NBA shows. <laughs> But like the current NBA or OKC Thunder Trio, right? Not the uh, OG. <laughs> Correct. Uh, yeah, not the OG. Because is the OG was... trio? Is it is it Harden, Westbrook, and KD, or is it KD, Westbrook, and uh, Ibaka? No, it's got to be Harden. I mean, yeah, the OG yeah. Yeah, is Harden. The I don't know what to call it when they traded him. In, you could be the Ibaka that Elliot. I'd like to be the Ibaka. If I'm being honest with you guys right now, I'd like to be the Ibaka. <laughs> I don't know if you've seen what Ibaka looks like in sweatpants, but I'd like to be the Ibaka. Um, I, we all uh, aspire to be, but Matt, I was reality. Say, One day. For the early season two Give and Go show listeners, I said that Chet Holmgren would lead the Thunder to the playoffs last year, and then he broke his foot like the next week. <laughs> so I also thought the same thing when watching him in summer league last year, like just knew he was going to be an undeniable talent. Like obviously not the impact player of like a Jokic, but just like having a dude that's that big and can do so many things on offense. It really does like open up just the potential and the way that OKC has playmakers and develops players there. Like there's no reason to say that he won't develop into an all-star. Um and yeah, just like SGA continuing to be one of the more dominant shooting guards in the NBA, like they are going to be a lot of fun to watch. Can I say, uh, Modi, no, I feel sorry. a little bit insulted that <laughs> uh, you said that we weren't going to have Chet Holmgren. The only reason I don't have Chet Holmgren on my list is because, and maybe maybe you did read this because we did talk about it in the Discord. I I told myself I wasn't going to have any lotto picks. Oh, I was being so sarcastic. <laughs> oh okay all right i couldn't, totally I, totally, I couldn't yeah. pick up on it yeah <laughs> i think i think chet's gonna win rookie of the year this year and i think chet holmgren is and i'm not saying he's not gonna become this guy but i think chet holmgren this year is gonna be the guy that people think wemby is gonna be this year where he completely reshapes not just the offense but really genuinely the defense for his team and takes them from being you know a good team to a great team Obviously, it's going to be dependent on health. Obviously, that OKC team is already very good. Uh, I think they won 40 games this past year when they were predicted to win like 25. But Chet is going to be the difference maker in whether or not this ends up being a title team. I agree with you guys completely. I think he's going to be incredible. I'm so excited. I think he might be the player I'm most excited to watch in the NBA this year. Ahead of Scoot, ahead of Wemby, ahead of Brandon Miller. Like I want to see what Chet can do with SGA. And with the and Josh Giddy and Poku and the rest of that roster. Oh, how good did Scoot look though? His first, Scoot's awesome. first few minutes. Oh, that Scoot's was so awesome. dope. <laughs> yeah, his first few minutes. <laughs> I mean, he got they, hurt, but like all you could see. Yeah, they almost immediately shut him down. But yeah, he yeah. looked he looked incredible. Um I think he I, I think Scoot is going to be an incredible player. I just don't think year one on a Blazers team that doesn't know who they want to be at all is necessarily going to be the year where he's the guy. Whereas like the Thunder know who they are. They know who they want to be. They're ready to contend today. They're not talking they're, about tomorrow or two years from now. They're that I, mean, I just don't think that. Yeah. I just don't think Wemby's going to play enough as a rookie. Like the Spurs, they're like the Spurs know that this isn't their year. They're going to be incredibly careful with him. So right now, Chet and, has the second best – sorry, just real quick. The second best odds win rookie of the year behind Wemby. Chet is the second favorite. To, to confirm just on that point, just like all NBA and MVP and all that, I think we already may have talked about this. Rookie of the year is also going to have the 65-game requirement, right? I think, yeah. Or 68 or whatever it is. I think it's 65, and I think they all 65. do. We can have our – Yeah, our, then, then I would actually bet money on Wemby not winning. I'd bet money on – yeah, I think it's it's I mean it, it might I actually might not bet money on Chet because of that because they might be really cautious be at the, the beginning of the year. Could be the same thing. But if it's, I were so, to take somebody that was drafted last year, I mean it's it's him. I don't know who else was hurt. I was gonna say, is there another option? Yeah, I mean like so Wemby's I think a favorite there were a couple then, guys that were hurt. There probably were, yeah, but I don't know anybody that would be like even a thought, but it would be so it goes Wemby's number one, then Chet, then Scoot, then Brandon Miller, then Amen Thompson. That runs out the top five. And then, like, you know, it's Whitmore, Keontae George, the, the other Thompson twin. 
Jairus Walker, Casey Wallace, you go down. But uh, we get we get Ahmed's name, but we don't get we don't get the other Thompson twin. He's Osser? not in the top five, so he doesn't get a name. <laughs> well, um, Ahmed Thompson and his brother. No, it's fine. Okay. It's, yeah, sure. Uh, for Chet, what are the, what are the odds for him? Plus eight hundred. Plus four hundred. Plus four hundred. I was gonna say it's a really good bet at plus eight hundred. I don't know if I love it at plus four hundred. Yeah, four hundred is, is is not great. I'll, yeah. When we do uh, when we talk about futures in a few weeks, uh, that'll definitely be one that comes up because I think rookie of the year this year is going to be very interesting. I think it's going to be like the Zion year where Zion was clearly the best rookie, but he just didn't play enough. Because didn't play um, enough. Yeah. Ja won it that year. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I mean, it's like Ja was still incredible, but was Zion amazing. was like transcendent zion yeah. was like okay this guy can win a title it's like the Embiid, i mean technically rookie year i don't I mean that's a different conversation should these people count as rookies if you had a year in an nba system i think that's a conversation uh, i agree ben with you simmons, uh, ben simmons was Mitchell. the same ben ben simmons has been rookie of the year like six times at this point. <laughs> <laughs> i agree and with you. jason tatum is still 19 years old yeah, yeah. i mean i think a lot of people yeah. agree it's just like by the letter of the law they can be rookie of the year, but like NFL doesn't do that. If you miss, if you don't play your rookie year, then like your first year, then you're not quite, you don't qualify the following. Well, it should have been Pat Mahomes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, he technically, was, he, he played well, even as one yeah. game, probably could have given it because the MLB, you can play a certain number of games, technically your first time in the MLB and still qualify the next year. I don't know what that cutoff is. Um, but MLB is different because people get drafted. M- MLB like, is about 13. service contracts and all that. It's like 60 games. Like, it's a lot. Yeah, MLB is – it's too complicated. Like, the NBA salary cap in, in collective bargaining agreements complicated. MLB is as well. Yeah. Um, was it was it Embiid that got hurt, like, the opening minutes of his rookie season? No. Embiid missed the first two years, didn't play at all, and then he played, like, 30 games his third year, his first year actually playing. So there was, like, the whole thing – where Embiid was clearly the best "quote unquote" rookie, but he played 30 games. So Malcolm, that was your Malcolm Brogdon one, uh, rookie of the year. Right. There was somebody, and I'm just gonna blank on who it was that got like that was like one of the absolute favorites to win rookie of the year. Got hurt like game one or game two, and then came back the next year and like tore it up and was incredible. But because they, I think they, I think they literally got hurt in game one. Doesn't it really might have been like Jalen Brown or something like that? I don't, I don't remember. <laughs> Yeah, because Kate guy that was having his second year, and then like Julius Randle, didn't he get hurt like super quick into his? Not that he was amazing been, on the Lakers. Could have been Julius. Did Julius Randle like break his leg or something? Yeah, but it, it might have been Julius Randle. I might be thinking of Julius Randle. I'm not sure. I don't know. I, I'll have to look. I'm sure I could find it later. I'm not going to do it while we're doing this. Obviously, we got to continue with our summer league stuff. Am I next? Is Matt next? Who's next? I've gone. My three are taken. So okay. I was going to give honorable mentions at this point. <laughs> I, was just I have only given. Okay, Randall did play. I've only yeah. given one guy. What are we talking about? Honorable mentions. <laughs> no, right, that, that's all get, I have left. Our honorable mentions. So you go ahead. Let's get it. Let's get two years, Griffin. I think I've given two. And uh, Elliot, Moda, you may have just said that I interrupted you. Elliot did just confirm Randall played one game his rookie year. So, so that probably was, that's yeah. probably who I'm thinking of. Of course, I'm thinking of a Laker. <laughs> I'm going to stick with the Lakers. And uh, my my guy that I first like clued on, he's number one on my list. I don't know if he's the most exciting, but he's my number one guy. Colin Castleton from uh, University of Florida. He was undrafted, kind of similar to uh, what uh, redneck Kobe was for the Lakers. I think part of it was because he wanted to be undrafted. Uh 11 230-ish pounds. He signed a two-way with them this year. Uh, his last year at Florida, he averaged 16, 7, and 3. He had the 11th most blocks in the entire NCAA. His last year, he also had uh, the most in the SEC, and he was one of the most efficient players in college basketball. Like The dude lit up the stat sheet in 22-2023 for college basketball. He also looked incredible in summer league. There were some moments where it seemed like he didn't know where to be on the floor, um, but for his position, you know, he's a slightly undersized center, a little bit too big for power forward. So he's a bit of a tweener. Um, he could pass, he can score, he can defend, he gets blocks. He's a good rebounder. He's basically, if he wasn't 23 years old, he's exactly who I would want the Lakers to draft in the first round to be a backup to Anthony Davis. Granted, He's 23, so there's a little bit more of a cap on his development. 
Um, but that also might be a positive for a Lakers team that's contending maybe just this year, like going yeah. forward for the next few years, because he's already a grown man. Like he's not coming in at 19 and having to get adjusted to the size of the league. He kind of is who he is. If he can be like a 10 to 12 minute a game guy for the Lakers and just save AD's legs a little bit, like that's absolutely a win for the Lakers. And I think he's potentially going to be that guy because they always need big man depth and they've struggled to get it the past few years. Uh, two comments. Number one, I'm going to go ahead and guess someone named Connor Castleton is white. Uh, that's just uh, Colin Castleton, which is actually oh, even sorry. whiter than what you said. <laughs> that's what I meant. Yeah, that's what I meant. <laughs> yeah, it's it's an even whiter name than, than Connor, but yeah, he's absolutely white. Uh, he's as white as the day is long. I, I didn't even need to look him up to know that someone with that name was in fact white. Um, he could, he second, could be on this podcast. Yeah, he could. <laughs> but then my uh, second actual point was the, to the point about him being an older rookie. Like that was kind of Austin Reeves. Like it, not that he's going to be as good as Austin Reeves, but he was an older rookie. Uh, took a huge step forward his second year. Um, so, yeah, I mean, to your point, just about someone coming in late. And, yeah, his stealing is not going to be like a whatever top five player, but he doesn't need to be for the role he's going to fill. Nice. I mean, in the West, too, you still look at the Nuggets as the top dogs. Anyone to help slow down or be a thorn in Jokic would be positive for the Lakers. And, yeah, like to have someone to come in to spell AD in the playoffs and not be a complete negative would be a huge, huge thing for the Lakers. And someone just to rack up fouls. Cause Jokic is just going to foul out whoever guards him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. All right. I mean, really, truly really just have, having a big body and like, he's not a good, my biggest concern with him outside of him being kind of a finished product. He's not a good shooter. Like he's, he's a good free throw shooter, which should indicate that he'd be a decent shooter and he's good inside the arc, but he's terrible for three. I think he went like, two of 32 his last year in college or something like that. He's willing to shoot, but that's not necessarily the numbers that you want to see. But if he can just be like a little bit of fresh five when AD sits, that's going to be like not a game changer, but it's going to be a big plus for a Lakers team that has really struggled to rest Anthony Davis the past couple of years. Yeah, and like inevitably, AD is going to get hurt. You're going to need someone to soak up minutes in the or uh, in the regular season. Well, that's why you're going to sign Tristan Thompson, right? Yeah. True. Maybe Dwight Howard will get, have a uh, another signing in the, with with the Lakers. Fourth go round. I don't know. If this is a good week for Dwight Howard to be Ooh, signed. Yeah, NBA didn't team. he? Uh, he's in some trouble, right? I don't think he, he's in- there. There are allegations. <laughs> yeah. Against him, I'm not going to comment on it. I don't know anything about it. I don't really <laughs> want to talk about it. Yeah, like it's it's not what we're talking about right now, um, you know. <laughs> okay, Whatever. we can move on. Who's your third? My third, a guy that probably is not on any of your radars and honestly truly shouldn't be on anyone's radar. He might be on Elliot's radar because he did play for the Raptors at one point. Uh, I'm, I can't, I'm not good at pronouncing his last name. Justin Champagny? Champagny. Oh, Champagny. His Champagny. last name is spelled Champ- Champagny. Champagne. Is that how you pronounce it? So I was at the summer league game, uh, uh, Celtics Wizards, and the in arena announcer couldn't announce it. And I like at this point, like just change your last name to Champagne. It's so much cooler. Just change your <laughs> I'm last almost, name. I think I think either he has a brother or this is the same guy. He used to play for the Sixers, so it's Cham- it's Champagne. He might have a brother because I think he's played for the Celtics in very limited minutes and the Raptors in very limited minutes. Uh, okay, you're right. The, he's been in the NBA for a few years. Julian Champagny is is on was on the Sixers. Now is on the Spurs. Is okay. who I was thinking of. Got it. Okay. Honestly, uh, three in the league. Played. He signed with the Celtics. I think last April. So he didn't really get any burn with them. Uh, like I say, and I saw him on the smaller court between the Celtics and the Wizards, and seeing him up close, he's kind of one of those do it all guys that the Celtics somehow managed to find for their bench units all the time. And I don't know if he's necessarily going to be that guy for them this year because they've already got some of those guys. But in a reality where maybe they're making some trades at their bench units or whatever, he might be that guy for the Celtics. He can kind of do everything. He can rebound. He's got good size for the position. Uh, he can score. Elliot says he's so good. Uh, so maybe because he played for the Raptors. <laughs> yeah. yeah. He's a he's a good summer league player. Right? He's not like an NBA starter or anything like that, but he's a guy who can genuinely ball handle. He can genuinely pass the ball. He's 6'7", 210. 
Like he's built really well for what they might need for him. I know that I was shitting on like long switchable wings, not even 10 minutes ago, but like he's a long switchable link, wing that they might be able to get, get some production from. Yeah. Elliot three just mentioned you three to seven minutes. No problem. <laughs> if he's giving them seven minutes yeah, for where he was, like that's a, that's an absolute win for the Celtics. Is he going to be the most exciting guy in the NBA? Probably not. But is he value that I think other teams probably should have looked at? Absolutely. And they may have, but the Celtics, because they're the Celtics and they always get these guys, they uh, they got him. Yeah, they well, just do everything right. The Nuggets yeah. drafted another big white guy in the second round. That's pretty good. Hunter Tyson. Dude is a... Uh... <laughs> Hunter Tyson is another... That's a that's a confusing name. Like that could be the whitest name. Like that's a down south white name. Yeah, could be a hot girl name too. If you told me your name was Hunter Tyson and you had like a southern drawl, I'd be like, oh yeah, like you hunt muskrats and are dating your cousin. Like absolutely. <laughs> yeah, all I'm saying is if you look up the name Hunter Tyson, the face matches the name. Is I believe you. I the, really stats, believe you. the stats match his game, which is 21 points per game, six rebounds with 54% field goal percentage and 50% from three with seven attempts per game. So just, this was the Nuggets that got him? Nuggets in the second round. I think their first round pick was also great. They found a lot. Of, their Nuggets team in Summer League was good. They definitely added some depth to what they kind of needed when they just had Christian Brown, Bruce Brown, who now is gone. So, like, they needed other dudes to kind of come in. Like, I can see Brown, Brown. Brown. No, it is is Brown. It is Brown. It's it's spelled Brown. It's not Brown, right? It is Brown. It's pronounced Brown. Brown. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, it's it amuses me that they've got two different Browns who could not be more dissimilar guys. He was actually sitting right in front of me at Summer League. Really? He he was Christian Brown, maybe. Is his, oh, mom, is his mom attractive? Yeah. Oh, you haven't, you haven't you're implying this? that she's attractive. I don't know what his mom looks like. His mom was not there. Oh, you don't remember this on the draft? Oh. No. Was it for Christian Brown? Yeah. Well, that's an oh, easy Google okay. search. Well, he was Christian there. Brown. He's like a pretty big dude. Um, he was sitting next to a dude who looked like Michael Porter Jr. Michael Porter, if you made him like Modi sized. Like, he was, like, six-foot-tall Michael Porter. So, I know Michael Porter's got, like, a big family. Does he have any really small brothers? Like, do you guys know about – is this the fact? I know he has a brother. I don't know if his – how tall his brother is. I was – I've been meaning to look it up, and I'm just reminding myself of it now. This guy was, like, a fucking, like, mirror image of Michael Porter, but smaller and with more tattoos. And I think he may have had gauges. I might be misremembering that. Well, uh, for you baseball fans, L.A. De La Cruz has a brother who's like seven inches shorter than him. So it's very much possible that Michael Porter Jr. just has a tiny brother. Did you see the De La Cruz thing yesterday? Uh, Little little tangent. Um, On the scoreboard, he was on a game and he got robbed from a home run on his first at bat. And so it said, L.A. De La Cruz almost hit a home run. And then on his next at bat, he just crushes one. Like I saw he went yard or something. Yeah, and it was like right after the scoreboard was like almost hit a homer. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know if you guys saw this similar to that, and then we can move on because I know this isn't a baseball podcast, but something similar happened to Bryce Harper <laughs> where he, he where he was at bat, and they were like, yeah, he just hasn't been doing a good job of getting the barrel of the bat. He's got two weak grounders. Literally, as the announcer was saying that sentence, he hit one yard. <laughs> <laughs> you can't you can't call it out like that. You just you, you, you know you know what's gonna happen. It's the same thing. Like, a guy has like gone so many games throwing 10 plus strikeouts, and you know that if you say it, he's gonna fucking get knocked out in like the third inning and he's gonna give up like six homers. And yeah. Steph has made his last 98 free throws. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yep. Everyone, everyone knows how it goes. Um, I just looked up Michael Porter Jr.'s brothers. None of these guys look anything like Michael Porter Jr. The dude that was at the game looks way more like him. So maybe Distant cousin. I don't know. Maybe distant cousin. I don't know. You don't have the best eyesight either. Brown Brown was hanging out with him. (laughs) I was was 12 feet away from these people. I could not have been closer. I guess I could have been 11 feet closer. But, you know, whatever. Those are my three guys. Uh, Any any other honorable mentions? You guys want to move on to uh, Moda? I know that you had some some rants you wanted to do about the uh, the trade request before we get out of here. 
hour. So, um, I mean, I could just rant and we could get on out of here or we can save it to next week. Um, my only honorable mentions we already talked about, it's two guys that played last year that played very little summer league that we just, that immediately proved they were too good for summer league and Jabari Smith and, uh, and, uh, the guy from the Kings, Keegan Murray. That's the only thing. Oh, the other shout out. Yeah. Yeah. And Jabari Smith yeah, hit a game-winning three, right? Like, that was insane. That was a really cool highlight. Yeah, average, um, like, yeah. I think Griffin said 35 and a half in two games, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah he, shouldn't, he shouldn't have been. I mean, like, it's probably good reps for him to be there. He didn't need to be there. I think he proved very quickly he didn't need to be there. But honestly, that's, like, a good thing to do for your team, to, to be there with the younger guys, some of whom are actually probably the older guys, uh, and and just, you know, get get some reps against some potential NBA players. Yeah. Uh, so what do we want to do? Do we want to save the trade talk to next week or should I just get How long my... is your rant? I'm, I'm going to ask you how long. It's not going to be rant? that long. It's not going to be that long. All right. Uh, well, just in the, in the event that there is a trade that happens in the next week, let's get the rant now so that we can, we can talk about it more next week and then we'll get out of here. It. I'm All ready right. to listen. So here's a quote from Damian Lillard in 2019. <laughs> I do want to win a championship, but it's the other stuff that means more to me. It's almost like I'm not willing to sell myself out for that. Four years later, he is what? What just happened? Oh, you it's on you. you the, you're on the, the, you're on the big you're screen. The you're on the big that. screen. You're on the TikTok camera. Oh, okay. Okay, I didn't do. I was, <laughs> oh, I that's too close. That's too close. You can see all my fours. <laughs> I didn't. Whatever happened, I didn't do it on purpose. <laughs> uh, I kind of like that. <laughs> okay, you can go back to it. It just. I thought I did something wrong. I was like, wait, am TikTok I TikTok cameras on Modi. No, no, you didn't do it. I did it. You're fine. You're fine. Okay. Let's go. All right. Any- so four years later, we hear for the past decade that Dame is not running from the grind. He's not running from the grind. No matter what, he the grind, he's married to the grind over his significant other. I don't even know if he's married in real life. But it's a literal <laughs> quote from Dame. And then he comes out, and I just think, and I love Dame. So let me be clear. I've always been a huge supporter of Dame up until now. I just think it's a complete loser mentality to turn around after spending a whole decade saying that I'm not going to, I'm not going to run from the grind, blah, blah, blah. To be like, I'm only playing for the heat. I'm literally, if you trade me anywhere else, the Sixers have a pretty good team. I'm not going to play there. The Celtics have a good team. Guess what? I'm going to go to play in the Euro league over playing for any other team. That's not the heat. I think it's such a loser, loser mentality. And it's just very, very annoying that he's like gone so far to the literal opposite direction that he's leaking through his agent to like anybody that's going to listen. Don't trade me anywhere to that's not the team that just made it to the finals. That's been to three Eastern Conference finals in four years. And then also another finals a couple of years ago. But I'm, I, but I'm not running from the grind, but also I'm only going to play for the Miami Heat. I, it's just it's very, very disappointing for Dame, who I loved up until this moment. I just think that it's and not even as a Sixers fan that I'm like, oh, I want him to come to the Sixers. I just think that's just so, so lame to be like. All this, all this talk about wanting to win in Portland, and then be like, actually, I'm just going to tank my trade value so Portland has to take a horrible deal to go to the Heat for Tyler Hero, who now is like somehow being disrespected because now Tyler Hero is like some scrub. Um, so yeah, that's my Dame rant. I love Dame, but this is just a very, very loser mentality. This recent turn of events, and very unlike the past decade of what we heard from Mister. I'm not going to run from the grind. And that, and, and then that's it. I love it. I love it. I mean, look. <laughs> I'm not going to tell you that I disagree with you. Uh, I've been kind of formulating this rant in, in my head, probably in similar ways as well. There's a lot talked about loyalty when it comes to Dame Lillard, and there's a lot talked about loyalty with some other players. There was a lot talked about loyalty with Bradley Beal for a number of years. They're loyal. I mean, and I'm not knocking them for this. They're loyal to the paycheck, and they're loyal to the best situation for them. The minute there's a better option for them, they should look out for themselves just like ownership and front offices should look out for themselves. But this whole thing where you constantly talk about how you're not running from the grind, which, which you brought up, that's the shit that gets really old for me because yeah, you're saying that because you had good teams for a lot of years. If you were on 30 win teams year after year, you wouldn't have said that shit. The only reason you said that was because there was a chance for you to contend and there was a chance for you to make 200 to $300 million every time you signed a five-year deal. Like, let's, let's not pretend like this is more than it is. Sports fans in the modern era, we understand how this works. Yeah, I, I wouldn't care if he hadn't, again, talked for years and years about how he wasn't going to do literally what he's doing. I mean, how many players has he roasted for doing exactly what he's doing? Like, I feel like he's had not, like, 
not, maybe not directly calling these players out, but like the LeBron, the Kevin Durant, all that I feel, stuff. I feel like there's tweets where he'll like, yeah. people have definitely posted on like RMBA of him tweeting at something where like you see one of these superstars demand a trade or something. And he's just like, oh, like if only everyone was like me, like it, there's always like a good press PR or a good PR piece about Dame wanting to stay loyal to Portland after all that <laughs> shit happens. And then he does this. It's like, he's yeah. just got his drafts ready to send to Chris Haynes. The second superstar <laughs> request, request a trade. I'm pretty sure he roasted. Yep. Kawhi and Paul George. I'm almost positive that he did for them teaming up together in the Clippers. I'm, I'm pretty sure like directly he, called them out. He made this part of his brand. And if this is, if this is your brand, then you're going to have to take the fallout when it stops being your brand, because yeah. then everyone is going to litigate everything you've said for the past, you know, 12 plus years. Yeah. And some, a lot of that he's probably not going to deserve because for a long time. I'm sure it was true, but the minute it stops being true, like, yeah, we're going to go back and we're going to dig up your old tweets and we're going to fucking tweet them at you whenever you say some dumb shit now. And I, I love Damian Lillard. Like, I love watching him play basketball. He seems like a cool guy. He's absolutely – if it, like, gun to my head, if I have to choose between Damian Lillard or Bradley Beal to be the franchise centerpiece for my team, I'm choosing Damian Lillard 17 times out of 10. Yeah. But, you know, at this point – you're 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 not that guy, man. You're not that guy. You're not that you're not that guy, pal. You're not that yeah. guy, pal. So that's yeah. my Damian Lillard, Lillard grant. Uh, Harden, I feel like there isn't much to say anymore. Like he's just low hanging fruit to roast at this point, yeah. so it's not even fun or get creative. the fat suit. <laughs> yeah. we'll, we'll we'll see what happens with them. You know, obviously we've got what two months before the season begins. So it's still a lot of time for things to change. It's a lot of time for him to go elsewhere or render rain. Same thing for Harden. We will see. Uh, but you know, I, I hope whatever happens, it gets done soon so that we can stop focusing on it and we can start looking at finalized versions of what the rosters are going to be. Yep. All right. Um, Elliot, I think we're, uh, we're ready to get out of here. If you're tuning in for this entire episode, we appreciate you so much. Whether you're watching us live, watching us on YouTube, listening us to Spotify, Apple Podcasts, uh, Stitcher, which we're sure is going to fuck sometime in the next couple of weeks. Wherever you may be consuming the Give and Go show, we appreciate it. We hope you hit either the follow or the subscribe button. Uh, if you're on YouTube, comment below. Let us know what you thought about the episode and let us know what you want us to talk about on future episodes. Also, if you ever have any mailbag questions you want to send our way, send us to giveandgoofficial at gmail.com. We pay attention to that inbox. We will absolutely bring it up on future episodes. And final ask. If you're not currently following us on Twitter or on Instagram, you can see him at the bottom of the screen at Give Go Show on both Twitter and Instagram. And we're also on TikTok at The Give and Go Show. Uh, follow us anywhere. Follow us everywhere. We appreciate it no matter what. And we will be back next Wednesday, 8.30 p.m. Eastern, 5.30 p.m. Pacific. We will see you then. Modi, Ferentinos, Elliot, appreciate you guys. We will see you next week. Can't wait. Peace. Have a good one, boys.